0: Hey, you guys! Before we get started with our sermon today, here's what I want to do. We actually filmed this sermon a couple of weeks ago. We were ready to roll it out for all of you, and uh, but then, but then, with George Floyd murder, with the tragedy there that, that happened, we wanted to give everyone a chance to. Um, lament together to to um, to pray to the process the the racial injustice that we all experience together so we wanted to do that so we so we did a right hand turn that week and we put this sermon on hold well now we know we want to bring this one back because i do feel like the lord really put some stuff on my heart that i think is good for me to process and for all of us to process together and so we thought let's do that let's put that out there but here's the deal I, Within that time, since then, I know that the Holy Spirit continues to speak to us. I love that, And, and I love that God continues to process that stuff in me so here's what I'm gonna do today. Every once in a while in this sermon, I'm gonna interrupt myself, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna share a little bit of, of how what I'm talking about fits with what we're also dealing with over these last few weeks, okay? So uh, here's the sermon, let's go do that, and at the same time, every once in a while, I might jump in with some extra thought from these last couple of weeks, okay? So let's get going with the sermon. All right, you guys. Well, hey, I told you that we'd be back out at my house in the side of my house. We'll get there. I know you can't wait to see what's on the other side of that gate. We'll get there. But I want to first start here in the church. I want to first just talk about how we got to this point. See, about three weeks ago, Jackie and I were at my house and we were we were I was making a sandwich and I pulled a loaf of bread out of our pantry and I knew that another loaf had had some mold on it. And so I, in the most pleasant of voices, I was being so kind to my wife. I just said, Jackie, love of my life, Jackie, is there mold on this bread, too? Now I, I probably didn't say it with that much care but uh, but I, I asked her if there was some mold in the bread and her response was uh, was a little edgy herself. I think I was probably edgy, then she was probably edgy, and then I was edgy back to her and then she was edgy back to me and the next thing you know, we are we are at each other and we are we are just it, it, the conversation turned into one of our one of our disagreements that we used to have in our marriage. We've been married for 26 years. Um, but this was one of the ones that just kept escalating all the way to the point where Jackie goes into her room and I'm in a different room. And I'm sitting there in this room wondering what in the world happened? It started with moldy bread and it turned into it turned into this, this I'm a terrible husband and she's a terrible wife moment. What in the world happened? Do you guys ever feel like like there's a somebody's got their their finger on the igniter button of the barbecue and all you need is a little bit of propane to propane to make it just go up and smoke do you do you feel like that sometimes where maybe you're at home and you're like man I, I erupted at my kids and I don't even know why and and I and I don't get it but that your kids was that propane you know the your your wife is that propane or your husband is that propane your roommates that propane your boss is that propane someone that wasn't wearing a mask at, at in the grocery store is that propane or somebody that is the politics on television is the propane. I mean, there's, it seems like anything right now can so easily set us off. And we're wondering, what in the world happened there? Well, that's what happened with Jackie and I. So, so that it set us off. And even that night, man, we went to bed disagreeing with each other. We let the sun go down on our anger. I you know you're not supposed to do that, but we did. The next morning, Jackie got up first and she went down and and was sitting on the couch. And I came down a little bit later that morning and she has her Bible out and she has her journal out. And I sat down with her and, and I got on my knees right there and I gave her a hug and I apologized to her and she apologized to me. And then she said something that was, I think, really caught me. She said, Bill, I think this is neglect. I think this is spiritual neglect. I think this is, this is heart neglect. I think this is soul neglect. We're neglecting that connection that we have with God and that's affecting the rest of our life. And and I thought about that and I thought, man, one, I thought my wife is so much more, she's so much smarter than I am. That's one thing I thought of. But then I thought, she's so right. Neglect at first sounds like it's too harsh of a word, but if neglect is is looking at the things we care about and not caring about those things, if that's neglect, then this absolutely was neglect. This was this was us not paying attention and not connecting and not cultivating that relationship that we have with the Lord and it would played out in our lives. Well, we see that play out in lots of ways and that's where i want to show you the side of my house i want to bring you out there so we can see how does this affect the rest of our life when we're neglecting the connection that we have with the lord so let's head out to the side of my house then we'll bring it back in here for the rest of the sermon hey you guys interruption number one of the sermon hey um here i am talking about igniter switch i'm talking about propane tanks but we know that the propane tank that we face in our life today more than anything else is fully around racial injustice and the igniter switch that has that, that was um, the tragic death of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, the conversation in Central Park, man, the protests that have come from all of that, man, all of that, the righteous anger that we have, the, the, the frustration or the confusion or what, the feelings, the sadness, all of it that we face, man, that's all part of, of what's been happening in the last couple of weeks. Well, I wanna pose a question as we continue on in this sermon. Is my response to racial injustice or my lack of response to racial injustice. Is that connected in any way to this connection that I'm talking about between me and God? Is it possible that my spiritual neglect actually affects my ability to respond to the racial injustice that we see? I just want you to sit with that question as we continue to process together in this sermon, okay? I might just have one more interruption a little bit later, but let's keep going with the sermon. Let's get to the side of my house. All right, I can't believe we're doing this, but we're gonna show you the side of my house. I'm sorry, Jackie. I'm sorry that we're doing this, but I'm gonna show you the junk on the side of my house. I actually cleaned this thing up for this sermon. It used to be a lot worse than this. So let's, go, let's come back here. All right, all right, so here you go. Here's what we've got. Right off the bat, you see the side of my house. See how cleaned up it got? Right off the bat, we've got a piece of office furniture that's buried by some other stuff. This has been here for 15 years. But here's the reason why. I've got a plan. My kids, some of my kids are finally moved out of the house, and so we're going to change one of the rooms into an office. We're going to use this chair for the office. I'll clean it up. The rain has kept it nice and clean. So I've got a reason for it to stay here for 15 years. Okay, over the top of it, you might not be able to see this, but it's a couple of umbrellas, patio umbrellas. See, what we believe is that once a patio umbrella has broken from the wind, the best place to keep it is on the side of your house. Okay, so we keep going back here. You guys, this is one of my favorites. We were given this, this uh, sleigh bed for our bedroom. We used it for about two weeks, and after that, we moved it into the basement. Then we moved it into the garage. Then we cleaned the garage, and we decided to put it on the side of our house to get rid of it. And then the rain came, and now it just sits here. It's actually pretty good for keeping the, the weeds from, from, from uh, blowing in the wind. So it's, it's, it, we're, we're, it's, we're using it, okay? We've got a ton of weeds with an old patio uh, table uh, holding them down. Tons of weeds, tons of grass. Here's my problem with that. See, the yard waste facility in Rock Creek is like three quarters of a mile away. That's pretty far. So I don't think that we'd be able to actually put this stuff in something and take it over there. Plus, you need a truck. And who owns a truck? All right? I got one more thing I got to show you guys. This is my favorite of all the stuff back here. This is the canopy for our truck that we own. Okay. Um, we've had this canopy for 10 years and never once put it on our truck. It just sits back here. It actually tells us how windy it is because when it comes off the ground and then slams back into the house and and the house shakes, it tells us it's pretty windy out here. So it, it's got some use to it. You guys, all of this stuff, it's all junk. It's all stuff that we have should have thrown away. The side of our house is neglect. But you guys... It's the side of my house. Who cares about the side of my house? I can do all the rest really cool and nice and neat. So what about the side of my house? I can still live life. Well, this is our problem with what we're talking about, the neglect around our spiritual lives and our connection with us and God. The problem is we look at it like it's the side of our house. The problem is we think, well, I'm not really cultivating that. I'm not really caring for that. I don't really care. I I don't know what to do about my connection with God. So it's like the side of my house. No big deal. I'll just live the rest of my life. But that's the lie. The lie is that we can just keep living the rest of our life without tending to this. I do this all the time. This is, this, I go through seasons where, where I tell myself I'm going to be more patient. And yet I'm neglecting the connection with the God of patience. I tell myself I'm going to have peace around all this unknown, around COVID-19. And yet I neglect the connection I have with God, the God of peace. I tell myself I'm going to love my neighbor. I tell myself I'm going to love my family. I tell myself I'm going to love myself. And yet I neglect the connection with the God of love. Man, these things are connected. They're all connected. And that's why Jesus presses it so hard when he says, man, love your God with all of your heart, that connection. And all of your soul, that connection we got to look at this. Now I'm going to do the rest of my sermon from in the church because the neighbors around here see me preaching from the side of my house and they go, that's that crazy church guy. I don't want to be the crazy church guy. So let's get back to the church and I'll finish my sermon from in there. All right. Now, now, before I keep going, can we at least admit that all of us have some sort of thing like the side of our house? I mean, maybe it's your, your bathroom counter, or maybe it's your car or something. Please, somebody else admit that they also have that. So I'm not the only one that feels like a fool with what's going on on the side of my house. Anyway, look, I know that some of you hear that about about spiritual neglect, and you're going, man, that's just too complicated. I don't, I don't think that way. Um, I need my, I need my life and my faith to be way easier than that. And so, this is for people that really think that way. Man, I, what I, I cannot stress enough. No, it's just the opposite. This is for you and I that don't think that way, that aren't thinking enough about what's going on in our soul. that don't think enough about what's going on with our spirit. Man, this is that we have to address this because it. it then so dramatically affects the rest of our life. Now, here's how I wanna, I wanna be able to go all the way back to Genesis to help us to, to figure out how we get to this point, okay? So all the way back in Genesis, right at the beginning, God what God did is he took, he, he, he took dust or dirt and he breathed life into it. And that's how God created us, is he breathed life into it right out of the dust of the earth. Now, when he did that, what he did is he breathed a soul, a spirit. He breathed that into us. That's that life that he gives us, that soul, that spirit, that heart, whatever you want to call, that's what God has breathed in. Now, now we, that spirit is formed and it continues to be formed. It's formed by every single piece of information that comes. Information forms our spirit. All of our, the very good of what we've experienced in our life forms that. All the very bad, the very the, the, the tragedies in our life, the joys in our life, the failures in our life, the successes in our life, the relationships that are good in our life, the relationships that are broken in our life. Everything is part of what is forming that spirit within us. It's, it's all the things of this world that continue to do that, okay? So it, that forms us. And, and so God breathes that in. Now, God, we're we're not just spiritual beings and that's it. God sees the entire package. He sees our spirit. He sees our soul. He sees our heart. He sees our mind. He sees our body. He sees all of that as one great package. But what we got to recognize is deep down where he's breathed in that spirit within us, that spirit is fragile. It came from dust and it's fragile. And it's, it's why, and when God gave us the freedom to make decisions from that place, it's why we make foolish decisions at times. It's why it's so easy to, to stray away from the creator and the one who has created us this way. It's so easy for us to stray away. It's fragile. We're fragile in that place. It's why why when we make foolish decisions, we don't know what to do. It's why we follow our emotions so much. It's why we follow the whims so much of our life. We're fragile. But then here comes Jesus. And he knows that that's the, the spirit that God has breathed into us. And here comes Jesus and he says, one, I'm going to connect you and, and my father. And we're going to that, that when you, you've strayed away and I'm going to connect us back together through my life and death and resurrection. We're going to connect us back together in a right relationship with God. And then he does something. He goes so far beyond. He, he does something powerful for us. He introduces his Holy Spirit. Now here comes Jesus, Holy Spirit, that is connecting with our spirit. And you guys, that place where those two things connect, that's where God's doing his powerful, powerful work. In 1 Thessalonians, it talks about the will of God is for us to be sanctified, to grow more and more into Christ's likeness. This is where God is bringing us more and more into Christ's likeness, when the Holy Spirit connects with what God has created in us in our spirit. That's when the powerful things happen. And this is where the fruit of that Holy Spirit is seen in our life. The fruit of that spirit of love and joy and peace and patience And kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Paul talks about that and that comes when, when the Holy Spirit of God, when Jesus leaves that forest, when he ascends into heaven and that connects with who we are, that's where love comes from. That's where joy comes from. We can do our best to try to manufacture that joy or manufacture that peace or manufacture that kindness in our life. But you know how that fails in the midst of circumstances. But God breathes it in through the love and through, through the, the Holy Spirit. And, it, and that's the fruit that comes from that connection, which is why this connection, peace between us and God is so stinking important. Do you see what I'm talking about? I'm talking about this relationship that we have between us and God and the connect point that God so deeply cares for us. He wants us to connect between our spirit and the Holy Spirit so that we can see the fruit of that in our life through love and joy and peace and all the rest of the fruit of that spirit and that connection. Now, I asked you guys earlier do you think this has anything to do with the way that we'd respond to racial injustice and what we've been seeing over these last three weeks? I think it absolutely does relate. Let me tell you, let me show you how. Listen to this. So if we're, we're not fostering this connection between us and God, we're just out here on our own, man, we can be great activists and be out here on our own. We can see injustice and we can say, I'm going to respond to that. I'm going to go to a protest. I'm going to black out my Facebook or Instagram screen. I'm going to make a post on social media. We can be great activists. But we can also be pretty good at then moving away from that to whatever else is next that we see. We can just kind of forget about it. We just, keep, we just move on. We're, we're pretty good at that too. But listen to this. If we are cultivating this relationship between us and God, if we are prioritizing that relationship, then what happens when you think about it like relationship, you start to get to know the character of the person you are connecting to. And the more we get to know the character of God, the more that can also affect our life. You guys, the character of God is one that cares deeply for justice. God mentions justice 173 times in scripture, in the Bible. God is a God of justice and he wants us to speak out against injustice. He doesn't want that to just be an emotional thing. He wants that to be a consistent thing. Well, get this. The character of God is consistent. It doesn't change in six weeks, in six months, or six years, it stays with, that's the character of God is consistent and sticks around, all right? So if we are cultivating this connection and relationship between us and God, we are getting to know the character of God, who God is, how, how He's made up, and that can affect then how we live our life. If this character, the character of God is calling us out to racial reconciliation, and that is a consistent voice that will never change. If we're fostering and connecting with that relationship, then wouldn't we then respond with consistent with a consistent voice of God? Wouldn't we respond by seeing what God is doing and falling in line with it? Wouldn't we respond by going, "Yes, I'm going to speak out against racial injustice because my father who I'm connected to and committed to speaks out against racial injustice. That's how these things connect. Man, that's what's so powerful about what we're talking about. That's why that connect point is so stinking important for every one of us. All right, let's keep going. That'll be the last time I interrupt the sermon. Let's finish this thing up. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, he says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. Man, these are not Side of your house problems. No, no, these are foundational words, words to build a life on. You guys, he says that to us right before he tells us to build our house in the rock and not the sand because the storms will come. He knows that fragile spirit of who we are and he knows the storms will come, but he also knows the Holy Spirit and that connection. That's what we're building our life on. Man, this is Romans chapter 12. Paul talks about this. He says, man, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Man, make that connection important. He says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And he says, don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world. See, we're being formed and conformed by the patterns of this world. But he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Man, that's the Holy Spirit at work and we we have to recognize that connection that's happening right there. This is why Paul in Philippians says, I long to know Christ. Man, he doesn't long to just know, you know, what what kind of things Jesus likes to eat. Man, no, he longs to know Christ, the connection. He longs for that connection. It's why David in the Psalms talks about, I hold on for dear life. Man, I'm holding on to that connection because that's the most important. That is primary, not secondary in my life. It's why in Proverbs, there isn't a better passage than Proverbs four twenty three, where it says, watch over your heart. He says, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flows the springs of life. Watch over this connection because from this connection between us and God through the Holy Spirit, this is where the springs of life will flow. And there's nothing passive about those passages. Dallas Willard is a a writer and an author. He says this, he says, the greatest need you and I have, the greatest need of collective humanity is renovation of the heart. That spiritual place within us from which outlook and choices and actions come and have been formed by a world away from God. Now it must be transformed. Man, I love what Jesus says. Jesus is trying to explain this to folks in Luke chapter 13. He's trying to explain this to folks. He's going, Man, how do I share this in the most, in the simplest of ways that I can? And he said, He said, What's the kingdom of God like? What illustration can I use to make it plain to you? He says, It's like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and dropped in his own garden. He says, it grew and became a tree, and the birds came and nested in its branches. I love that. He's saying, look. That connection, man, that's like a, he looked around. He's going, it's like a mustard seed. I mean, there were mustard plants all over. I've been to the Holy Lands and I've seen them all over the place. And it's like he grabbed the mustard seed. He's going, can I make it this simple? That connection you have, it's like a mustard seed that can grow. And it can grow so much that birds can be planted in. Birds can rest in the branches of that mustard tree that would come out of this when it grows from this place. He, he equated it to a garden. And, and I love that. See see for me in my past, my, my mom, she, you've heard this before from me. She is a master gardener, a horticulture consultant. Uh, I am so proud of my mom. My mom is brilliant. And the, one of the things I love about my mom is that she followed her passion. Her passion was us as her kids and then her grandkids and then her garden. Those are the passions in my mom's life and, and my dad too. But my mom, she's so brilliant with what goes on in the garden. She started writing an article for the newspaper and she was in the, on TV and she had her own radio show. I mean, my mom was doing all of that. Well, here's what happened in 1976. We purchased our house and she, and, and it was just, there was acres of weeds all over the place. Well, my mom turned that into this unbelievable, beautiful garden and she taught us how to do it. She taught us how to grow this garden. And, and, uh, and so, so, my, so, so I've been around it my whole life. Well, here's what I did when I was in when I was picking up my son from Seattle just recently, and we were driving back to the to, to here to Colorado. We stopped in Spokane. And I, we had lunch with my parents on the porch and, and then I just took my, my iPhone and I just walked around the yard and I just said, you know what, mom, can I just take some shots of your yard? It's so inspiring to even walk around it. And she said, she said, yeah, but there's no, there's no blossoms. There's no, there's no the, the pretty flowers right now this time of the year. And I said, I don't care, mom. I just want to walk through your yard. So I did that and I, and I walked through a yard and, and I took these shots and I'm going to show you these shots. But while I do, I want to read to you from, a, from an author that I love, a guy named Gordon McDonald, who talked about this connection between us and the Lord, this connection where, where you love your God with your heart, with all of your heart, and with all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. In that place, um, he talks about this. So I want to read this to you guys while we take a little bit of a tour of my mom's yard. He says this, he says think of the spiritual place as a garden, a place of peace and tranquility. It's a place where the spirit of God comes to make self-disclosure, to share wisdom, to give affirmation or rebuke, to provide encouragement and to give direction and guidance. He says bringing order into our private worlds is spiritual gardening. It's the careful cultivation of spiritual ground the gardener turns up the soil, pulls out the unwanted growth, plans the use of the ground, plants seeds, waters, and nourishes, and enjoys the harvest that results. All of this is what many have called spiritual disciplines. Man, when, when, when I was growing up, my mom had to teach us all about the garden and how to be disciplined in taking care of the garden. We had to learn what it was like to dig, dig. How, dig how, how deep of a hole do you dig when you plant a tree in it? What kind of, which branches do you prune and to what angle do you prune the branches? How do you deadhead petunias? What's the difference? We had to know what the difference between a weed and a plant were. And I can tell you that a daisy without a blossom on it looks like a weed. So we pulled a lot of daisies out that would look, that looked like weeds to us. We had to learn all the discipline of, of, of watering and of, 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 of harvesting the, 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 the crops that we had there too. We had to learn all of the disciplines of taking care of the garden. and we didn't, Mom certainly didn't want to neglect it. Well, that's what we need to do in our life is learn what's the, how, do we, how do we learn how to connect these two together and to take care of it and to cultivate it and tend to the soil that is God's Holy Spirit and the spirit that he's breathed into us. Well, one of the things I decided to do as we'd end up this morning is, is I wanted Chris Sturgeon, he's our connection and growth pastor. I wanted him to just walk through quickly just a couple of ideas around what it looks like for us to tend to this and connect each other. What spiritual discipline even looked like in our lives. I said, Chris, will you just take a couple of minutes and share with us about that. When he's done with that, then I'm gonna just come right back
1: here and finish up for us. Hey, thanks, Bill. And before I get into this, I just want to say that pursuing closeness with the Spirit in your life is not an activity that's just for super Christians. God invites every person to draw close to Jesus and to be changed by that closeness. But here's the deal. Jesus has to be sought. You can think of it this way. He's always knocking on the door, but he's never going to knock the door down. He respects you way too much to force himself into your life. But if you seek him, we believe that you will find him. And when you find him, Our job is just to allow our life to be changed by closeness to God. And so we have a couple ways to help you do that this very week. Last week, for the first time, we tried what we call a growth plan. And we have another one for you today. What it's going to do, it's going to give you three days worth of really straightforward, simple practices that you can try in your life in order to really bring the Holy Spirit into contact with your spirit. So we're putting a QR code up on the screen. I said this last week, let me just reiterate. If you just pick up your your smartphone, open the camera and point it at the screen at that QR code, it will take you directly to a website that will give you all of the, um, the tools that you need in order to be a part of this. And we really hope you'll try. 78 of you tried this last week and we're super excited about what this could do in your life. The other thing is to remember what Maurice said earlier. Watch 13th, be a part of that discussion because the way that you tap into the way that God loves all people and seeks justice in this world is another really important part of your growth.
0: All right, you guys, man, it is so important and, and try not to be intimidated by it. We'll walk alongside you with it. We got to learn together what this looks like, spiritual discipline and what that looks like for us to be able to, to tend to this garden, the connection between our spirit and, what, and the Holy Spirit in our life. Now, Now, I want to finish up with this. When I was in college at the University of Washington, I went to a college ministry and this is where my faith was shaped. And we were singing songs and and the songs back in the late 80s and early 90s, I have to admit, they they, they are a little cheesy. Okay, I'll just admit it. I'm sorry for you guys that love those songs. I do too. They were cheesy, but they spoke directly to my soul. I so loved them because they spoke to me. Well, there's one song in particular that I'll never forget that it just goes through my head every once in a while. It's called As the Deer Pants for the Water. And it's, it, it, the lyrics, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you. I was was singing that as this young Christian, and it was was that first real profession for me of saying, I want this to be real, and I want it to be true in my life, and I want to commit to this. Now, seasons of my life, I have forgotten that, but that song brings me back to those moments where I'm saying, yes, Lord, I'm going to make this a priority. This isn't the side of my house. Well, I asked Becky, I said, Becky, will you do something for me? Will you sing that song for me? And she's going, Bill, really? As the deer pants on the water? I said, yeah, will you sing that for us today? Just a just a verse of it or so for us so that I, at least for me, it'll remind me of those days. And she said, all right, I'll do that. She's so willing to do those things. So she said, all right, I'll do that. So, So we're going to send it off to Becky and she's going to sing just a verse or so of that song for me. As the
2: so oh.
0: So as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you. You alone are my strength and shield. You alone, to you alone, may my spirit yield. Father, I want to pray that today our spirit would yield to you alone. And God, with our fragile, fragile spirit that we have, with our fragile heart that we have, we pray that we would recognize you and the desire and the fact that you come to us with your Holy Spirit and you so desire that connection. And I pray that we would recognize the power in that and that we would value that. And help us, Lord, to tend to that garden because we want to walk in that garden and experience the beauty of life with you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.